Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday, and we've got a lot on the docket tonight, so let's get busy. On that note, please put your seat backs forward, your tray tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Fratto. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my veteran crew, Brandon Trufa, Chris Perfett, and Kevin Figures tonight on the updates as they will man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. Tonight, as usual, we are packed, packed to the gills. We've got NFL previews, Deshaun Watson updates, the latest on the Live Tour, a lawsuit, some college football stuff, new life for the Pac-12. Interesting. I'll talk about that. Don't count them out just yet. That plus, what kind of brand new fool are you and what my name in the final hour along with the world of soccer? Chris Perfett. But first... We begin with this first, the Department of Redundancy Department. See, when it comes to projecting NFL win totals, you know how it goes. If you host a sports talk show on the radio, it's the law. So tonight we begin to delve into the NFL teams and project, will they or will they not 
go over their season win totals in five. Now, we're not going to do all 30 teams tonight. We'll take 10 in alphabetical order, and we'll go over, we'll do, you know, we'll divide it up into thirds, heading into the next three weeks. That'll take you into Labor Day weekend, which leads into the very first, you know, I, I remember doing a show here, just seems like 10 minutes ago, and I said, wow, two weeks from Thursday, we've got the Hall of Fame game. That's well in the rearview mirror now. Guess what? Three weeks from Thursday, we've got NFL. Buffalo will visit the Rams Thursday night. It should be a real doozy and a humdinger and all that good stuff. All right, so NFL win season totals. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. For starters, now you should know this. Okay, first, by the way, their total over their over under win total is only eight and a half, and uh, it's not great for a team that was a playoff team last year. But let's take a look at this. The Cardinals they open up with a very brutal three game stretch against the Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams. Ooh boy, ooh that could leave a mark. And they're going to be without their top wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, for the first six games. Now there is a chance Arizona gets off to a very rough start. But Kyler Murray might have the best supporting cast of his career when they get DeAndre Hopkins back. The Cardinals traded for Murray's former college teammate, Marquise Brown. That will add some much-needed depth and vertical element in the passing game. Marquise Brown will open up the middle of the field for Zach Ertz. Let's not forget him. And I think you might see a breakout year in year two for Rondell Moore. So... I am leaning the, for the Cardinals to go over eight and a half wins, but not enough to pull the trigger on a bet. And part of the reason is the defense could be uh, a little shaky after trading away Chandler Jones. And, it, you know, I love J.J. Watt, but my God, he can he ever play a season? Can he do one season without falling apart and getting hurt, which is something you just can't rely on? I love the dude. The long and the short of it is I think – the Cardinals are going to win their share of games. They're going to cover a lot for their betters. But will they go over eight and a half wins? Yeah, I lean that they will, but not strong enough to bet it. How about the Atlanta Falcons? Okay. The Falcons needed a ton of luck just to go 7-10 and 10 last season. They were 7-2. and two. The Falcons were 7-2 and two in one-score games last year. They ranked third in adjusted games due to lost injury. And they were basically almost three wins over their pathetic – Okay, let me tell you about the Pythagorean theorem, okay? It's like in baseball. If you score X amount of runs and give up X amount of runs and you win a certain amount of games, if they don't match up, like, for instance, let's say your run differential is even, but you end up winning 92 games. You win over. You win over your expectation because if you give up the same amount of runs as you score, you shouldn't be a 600 baseball team. The Cardinals were expected to win 4.7 games last year based on the fact that their point differential in 2021 was minus 146. That's bad, but they still won seven games. Okay, I'm talking about the Falcons. I'm sorry. So I think we should expect the Falcons to regress in terms of one-score games. Remember, they were 7-2 and two last year in one-score games, and they, were, you know, they only ended up 7-10. and 10. They're going to be without Calvin Ridley. And they no longer have Matt Ryan, but they do have Marcus Mariota. And if you see Desmond Ritter on the field, love the guy, but that would only be bad news. That would mean that something muy malo bad has happened to Marcus Mariota. So what's the bottom line? The Arizona over-under is five. 
And I think you have to go under. I, I keep saying Arizona, forgive me. Atlanta. Atlanta would be one of the worst teams in 2022. I think there's enough value on the under to say, I don't know if they're getting to six wins. Some some books have the Falcons win total at four and a half, but some have it at five. So you get a push on five wins. That's kind of pretty good insurance, right? And 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 the Falcons, if you look at their breakdown in terms of of you know probabilities going under, you got about a fifty-seven percent probability of them going under five wins. It could land right on five. That's about twenty percent. You only got about a twenty-five percent chance of six six or more. So the odds of winning this bet are more than double the odds of losing it which means the value five under, under five at Caesars minus 140, there's value. I think the, the Falcons are going to be bad. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. Last year, they had the worst injury luck in, in 2021 by a wide margin. And that gives us a nice buy-low opportunity here. They should be able to return to double-digit wins as long as they stay relatively healthy. Now, they did trade away Marquise Brown. That does hurt the offense. But you still got a pretty good duo of Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. One's a wide receiver, one's a tight end. And that should be enough to keep teams honest because they're a run-heavy team. Baltimore will welcome back J.K. Dobbins. I understand he's been cleared to play, has not been practicing, but he's going to be back on the field this week. And Gus Edwards, after they both miss the entire season due to injury, expect the Ravens to return to the, you know, their brand, you know, that Harbaugh brand. It's a run-heavy brand of football. Meanwhile, defensively, Baltimore signed a stud safety named Marcus Williams. He got a five-year, $70 million deal. And they, they drafted a potential stud in Kyle Hamilton in the first round. So look at Baltimore's roster. There's talent up and down the roster. There's no doubt John Harbaugh has proven himself to be a top-five coach. So you've got a savvy coaching staff, just like my crew here, and the greatest kicker all time, don't forget, Justin Tucker, I think, and by the way, I've buried the lead, Baltimore's over-under win total this year is 9.5. Do I think Baltimore goes over? Yes. When you have a guy like Justin Tucker, you're going to win your share of one-score games. They've added to their roster, even though they lost Marquise Brown. They're going to be solid on both sides of the ball. I would bet the over a 9.5. The truth of the matter is, the only way you lose that bet is if Baltimore loses eight games. Is it they're really going to lose eight games? I don't think so. So, you know... 10 and 7 is a cash. They might go 11 and 6. We'll see. All right, the Buffalo Bills. So it's interesting because, you know, Buffalo was 11 and 6 last year. First of all, their total is, their win total is 11 and a half this year. So you got to, you know, if you bet the over, you got to hit 12 to cash and you get the picture. A little known stat about Buffalo, and by the way, they open up at the Rams this year, and that's not going to be easy, even though the Rams are Super Bowl returning champions. How does a team in Buffalo win 11 and 6 last year? How does a team with an 11 and 6 record go 0 and 5 in one score games? You heard that right. Buffalo easily could have been a 13 or 14 win team if they just won one or two or three of those one score games. They were they were in five one score games and lost all five. But I think from people I trust and if you look at the stats, you look at the power ratings, I believe people that know what they're doing, have the Bills, number one power rated, and the team to beat in the NFL this season. And and, and now Buffalo last year did benefit from having the second-best injury luck and the easiest strength to schedule last season. Now this year their depth will be tested a little bit more against the the 11th toughest schedule. 
But I think Buffalo is loaded. And I will tell you, I think Buffalo will go over 11.5 wins. I think they could be 12-5. and five. Can you see Buffalo losing six games? I can't. The only way that could happen is significant injury. I like Sean McDermott. I love Josh Allen. Guess what? They got Von Miller. Keep Von Miller healthy. Von Miller stays healthy. Buffalo wins 12, 13 games. I really believe that. And we'll go over the total of 11 and a half. All right, that brings us alphabetically to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I would say, as I mentioned earlier, my prognostication, not exactly earth-shattering, that uh, Baker Mayfield will win the starting job. So it appears that the Sam Darnold experiment is basically over in Carolina. And uh, they did draft. Remember, the Panthers did also draft Matt Corral in the third round. And now they have Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield, I think, is a big enough upgrade to bump the Panthers' win total from 5.5 to 6. The Panthers managed to go 5-12 and 12 last year, despite very abysmal quarterback play. They ranked dead last in adjusted net yards and attempt and QB rating. Uh, One-score games, again, the sign of a team that's not good, although I just lied about the Buffalo Bills. They're tremendous, and they were 0-5. Only 2-6. and six. It, it, The Carolina Panthers had eight one-score games last year, and they were 2-6. and six. But part of that was Christian McCaffrey missing 10 games. Again, here's the situation. Keep that dude healthy. It's not unreasonable to think Carolina can win seven games this year, maybe eight games, if they improve their quarterback play, which they should, and they get a little bit better one-score game luck, right? Taking them over six and a half seems a bit too risky here. But over six, I think I will tell you, you know, they could be 6-11. They could be 7-10. and 10. Uh, If you want to eat a little juice, you can get them over five and a half and minus 165. That's not a bad play. That is not a bad play. Carolina last year won six games. They should be better at quarterback. And if you and again, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey last year. So I think when you get him back, if you keep him back, again, you see a motif here, Von Miller, Christian McCaffrey, et cetera, et cetera. Guys got to be healthy. Let's face it. It cost the Ravens last year. It, it, it can cost your team one game or multiple games. But I would say, I would say Carolina's quarterback play is going to improve. And I would also say if you can keep – Christian McCaffrey healthy, this is a team that should easily go over six wins. That leaves us with the Bears, the Bengals, the Browns, the Cowboys, the Broncos, and the Lions, and that will wrap things up for our first segment of that. And we will get to all that coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio, Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We continue with our prognostication of NFL win totals, the Chicago Bears, who I think have a very good chance of being the worst team in college, or in maybe even college too, for all I know. Uh, they're eight to one in Las Vegas to have the worst record. They got a bad O line, a bad D line. Uh, they open up with the 49ers and then go to Green Bay. Their offense ranked 31st last year. Their defense ranked 31st. Uh, but I digress. The Bears will they go over five and a half wins? I don't know. Although the Bears are in year, year two of Justin Fields' rookie contract, uh, they didn't really improve the situation around them. And I think he's got a long way to go. I like him. I like him. He's got a lot of tools. To me, his default mechanism when he's under duress is still to run. I don't like the fact the Bears let Allen Robinson walk into free agency. He goes to the Rams. Uh, I, I thought the Bears receivers played well today. made a couple of spectacular catches. But the Bears don't have a lot of talent, and they make up for it by not having a lot of depth. And they don't have a they have a brand-new first-year coach who knows defense, but like Pete Rose said about coaching football, it's like driving a stagecoach. Without the horses, you ain't going forward. I don't think the Bears get the six wins this year. It's Depending on where you shop, six, six-and-a-half is their win total. I think they're going to go under six-and-a-half wins. The Cincinnati Bengals actually very much significantly upgraded their offensive line by signing Ted Karras, Alex Cap, and Lyle Collins. That makes them the most improved offensive line heading into 2022. It's scary to think about how much better Joe Burrow could be if he had more time to throw. Defensively, Cincinnati has plenty of talented players on the D-line. The secondary, I hope Jesse Bates gets it worked out. He'll probably be franchised. I really like him. I think he's a big-time playmaker. I think Cincinnati has got one of the more complete rosters in the league. And, yeah, you have that Super Bowl hangover when you lose, but their win total is 9.5. I think Cincinnati gets to 10 wins. Again, do you think they're going to lose eight games? Nah. If they lost eight games and go 9-8, and eight, that would go under. I think they go over. 
One thing to keep in mind in their win total is they play the Browns in week eight. If Deshaun Watson's suspension is less than eight games, which I do not see that happening, it would mean Cincinnati has the potential to face him twice. But regardless, I don't think it's going to matter. And I think Sean, he's going to be rusty. And bottom line, I think Cincinnati goes over nine and a half. Cleveland. All right. Their win total, uh, nine and a half wins. Those are what the initial lines were. Then it fell to eight and a half. And look, let's just skip the Browns because you really don't know what the hell is going to happen. As a matter of fact, after Kevin Figures update, I'm going to go into the latest on Deshaun Watson. While there hasn't been a decision yet, what's likely to happen coming down the pike and how, how I don't think it's going to bode well for Cleveland. So, uh, you know, I, I will say this. The Browns opened up at eight and a half right after the Super Bowl last year. Then they got Deshaun Watson and then it went to nine. Then when Sue Robinson, uh, Judge Sue Robinson, issued her ruling on August 1st that it was only going to be six games, the line went to nine and a half, which is a real no-no for a sports book because they created a scenario that they never want to be in, which was giving the betters a free roll. What do I mean by that? Let's say you looked at the Browns and said, man, they're going over eight and a half wins. Then they get to nine, and then the, 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 the line on the board is nine and a half. And I'll say, wait a minute. I got the ultimate free roll. I got him at over eight and a half. Now I bet him under nine and a half. If it lands on nine, it's a double whammy. The you know betters love for that, live for that stuff. So I would just say, given the fact that this is a situation that's still very much in flux, even though I'll give you my thoughts after Kevin's update, I would say this: that it's not worth wasting your time on right now because you just don't know. Uh, you know, here you know Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy G. Oh, come on, all right. What, what what's next? Bernie Kosar. All right, the Dallas Cowboys are starting to feel the pain, I think, of Ezekiel Elliott's contract because they were forced to trade Amari Cooper to the Browns. It's a real blow to the offense. Um, Now, they may put up some points. You got Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. I don't don't like the Cowboys this year. They're over – it's 10, okay? I think the most they could win is 10, but I would say that they're more likely to win nine – than they are 10. I've talked about in, in recent weeks, while the pros are fading the Cowboys, there are multiple reasons. And uh, I, I think, I, frankly, I think that got doubled down on uh, this past week because when you look, when you, look, when you look at the Cowboys on paper, all right, first of all, they were already, I, I think, in trouble when you get, when, when you consider the, all the things I talked about you know, their defense ranked 18 against yards per play. They were number one last year in turnovers. They only beat two playoff teams. I won't go through all that again. But then then on Monday, August 1st, the Cowboys lose wide receiver James Washington with a fractured right foot. He's out probably 10 weeks. That's a huge loss. That puts increased pressure on Dak Prescott. Their defensive coordinators are now going to stack the box, which puts more pressure on Ezekiel Elliott. Plus, CeeDee Lamb will draw more double coverages. That compounds the loss of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who's coming off a torn ACL. Plus, the Cowboy have, Cowboys have significant, leaky, you know, offensive line issues, and their schedule is, is difficult this year. So I think the Cowboys go under 10 wins. My opinion, they could land on 10, but I don't think they're getting to 11. All right, the Denver Broncos. You trade for Russell Wilson. By the way, the total for the Broncos is also 10. Trading for Russell Wilson elevates the Broncos from a mediocre team to a potentially legit Super Bowl contender. However, however, 
The AFC West also has two other Super Bowl contenders in the mix with the Chiefs and Chargers. Most I didn't mention Raiders. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. But the Raiders can make some noise, and they're, they're going to be a tough out. And they brought in Devontae Adams and uh, and uh, the uh, uh, Chandler Jones to, to pair up with Max Crosby. So the AFC West, I think, is by far the best division heading into 2022. And playing in it makes it much more difficult to rack up wins. I think the division's going to beat each other up. But the Broncos' strength to schedule – it goes from the third easiest a season ago now to the 10th toughest for the upcoming season. That's the third biggest jump in terms of schedule difficulty in the league. But again, you do add Russell Wilson, and they have a, an above-average defense. The hype surrounding Wilson has really inflated the market to where, frankly, if you're going to put a gun to my head, see, right now, you you the total is 10, Right. But you can get the under even money. So unless you think the Broncos are an 11-6 and six team, 10's a free roll, they're likely to maybe land on 9. But again, it's, it's a little iffy, and I don't know that I like betting against that team. But 10's a big number, okay? And, and the Broncos, are, again, are a little bit of a mystery team. You, you've got a first-year coach. And you got a quarterback coming into the you know the new system with new terminology, new receivers, and they're in the toughest division. So that's a difficult one. I would think that that ten number is a bit inflated because of the Russell Wilson factor. Finally, the last team we'll do tonight, and then we'll pick it up next week. We'll pick it up with your favorite and mine, the Green Bay Packers, who I like this year. I think they're going to do very well, um, and they are going to have very good defense. But we'll save that for next week. So the Detroit Lions. Their win total is six and a half. I think they're going over that win total. I like what I'm seeing in Detroit. The Lions were much better than their three and thirteen. Well, they were three thirteen and one last year, but they were actually better than that record indicated. And, and here's why I say that. First of all, they were they were two and five in one score games. They can clean that up with experience. That's the third worst in the league, and they're. Pythagorean wins over expected. They, they actually lost two more games than they were expected based on the points they scored. Now, the adjusted games lost due to injury, third worst. So with average one-score game and injury luck, add those two things back. I know this sounds like I'm speaking Greek to you, but these are real NFL issues, okay? The Lions could easily win a few more games this season. They won three. That could jump to seven. They will also see the third biggest jump in terms of strength of schedule after having the fifth toughest schedule in 2021. They're going to have the third easiest schedule in 2022. Plus, I think the Lions drafted well. They got Aiden Hutchinson with the second overall pick. I think he should instantly impact that defense that ranked 29th in DVOA last year. They'll still be probably a slightly below average unit, but they're going to play hard. Given the fact Detroit was already able to play like a 5-6 and six win team last season with poor defense, bad scores, and an injury luck. I like the value you're getting here with the Lions over. I think the Lions can get to seven wins. I, I genuinely I genuinely mean that. I think they're going to compete. They're going to play hard. I think they're going to give Philadelphia everything they can ask for in week one, and it's going uh, to be actually kind of fun to watch. Coming up, I'm going to break it down. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Why haven't we gotten a decision yet? When are we going to get one? What's likely to happen? But first... Let's go back to uh, Kevin Figures with the latest. 
All right, Bernie, we'll go to Major League Baseball from Saturday. Max Muncy of the Dodgers, four hits including a home run. They had six home runs in total as a team. L.A. would hammer Kansas City 13-3 for their 12th consecutive victory. The Yankees rallied to beat Boston 3-2 as Isaiah Kenner-Falefa hit a home run and drove in the go-ahead run with a suicide squeeze play. Logan Webb struck out nine and pitched eight shutout innings, leading the Giants over Pittsburgh. Luis Urias hit a home run off of Adam Wainwright to keep to help Milwaukee to a 3-2 victory over the Cardinals. Brewers pulled to within a half game of the Redbirds for the NL Central lead. Atlanta's won five straight. They sweep a doubleheader over Miami. Wins for Tampa Bay, Toronto, and the Mets, who got six shutout innings from Jacob deGrom in a 1-0 victory over Philadelphia. NFL preseason Steelers rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett threw two touchdown passes, including the game winner with three seconds remaining to beat Seattle 32-25. Back to Bernie Fratto. Okay, thanks, Kevin. All right, so we're getting down to the short strokes here. Uh, let's reset this. And I'm talking about Deshaun Watson I'm talking about the NFL and Roger Goodell and Peter Harvey and Peter Harvey and Sue Robinson and you by now you know all the players and Tony Busby and it's it's one big happy mushpuka but you've got a situation now where it's getting late in the game now most folks felt that to Sue Robinson the original judge took too long to render her decision but apparently she said all along I'm going to give the two sides a chance to work this out. And if they don't, by August 1st, I'll render my decision. Sure enough, on Monday, August 1st, about 6.30 in the morning Pacific time, she rendered the decision. And it ended up being six games, even though there were words like egregious and predatory and, and the fact that Sue Robinson very much felt that the NFL had proved its case she went on what she would consider to have been prior sentencing guidelines, of which so if she flew uh, kind of with, you know, her legal background, what her legal background told her to do. But, you know, the next in the next 48 hours, the NFL ran that up the flagpole. And believe me, it did not sit well in the court of in the court of public opinion. And now we find out that Deshaun Watson would be willing to accept an eight game suspension along with a five million dollar fine, although we came to realize that believe it or not, uh, this could have been over if you would have accepted a 12-game suspension and a $10 million fine, which is basically what he got last year for being a paid vacation. Make no mistake about it. He was fully eligible to play. He chose not to, said he'd never play for the Texans again, kept his word. He collected every bit of his salary. If he would have been traded to Miami, uh, I do not think he would have been put on the exempt list because criminal charges were never filed. And the only reason the Miami trade fell through is because Miami had a stipulation that he wanted they wanted Deshaun Watson to settle these cases before they consummated that trade. None of that happened. So he ends up, Deshaun Watson ends up in Cleveland. And where are we now? So now we have Peter Harvey, uh, as is, was agreed by the NFLPA, the NFL could appeal, and they are. Because Roger Goodell has determined, obviously, that the optics of this are just not going to fly based on the personal conduct policy. There are some things, and in, 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 by the way, what do I think is going to happen? I think that, that Watson's either going to end up begrudgingly accepting 12 games and a $10 million fine, or he's going to get the whole season next year, this year, excuse me. And he would not be wise to appeal it. Bite the bullet. Take your medicine. 
You said you're sorry. Prove it. Come back next year. Get this behind you. And now Cleveland will have their franchise quarterback. Onward and upward, I think people will have realized he would have paid the price of accountability, even though, and it, it, you know, they structured his salary in a way to make it, you know, a little farcical in terms of what you would call monetary punishment. But he, if he's basically having to give back the ten million he earned last year, okay, you know, enough's enough. We can eat. We need to move forward. At some point, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's not even about Deshaun Watson anymore. It's about the NFL sending a clear message to any player accused of any wrongdoing in the future. You better take care of your business as soon as possible because all the months are going to add up to nothing more than bad press and countless hours of working to prove something that maybe you should have just straightened out minute one. And I, I, I just found out about this yesterday. Did you know, okay, that Deshaun Watson, if he would have settled the Ashley Solis claim, Ashley Solis is the first young lady to come forward with these allegations I believe she was the one that was on HBO Real Sports with uh, with Brian Gumble, and um, she was very emotional. Long before the first lawsuit was ever filed, apparently there could have been a settlement in the seventy five thousand dollar range, which Ashley Solis allegedly, best from people I've would have people I've heard from, she would have accepted. Okay, but instead, Team Watson. They completely stonewalled the attorney, Tony Busby. And so that pissed him off. Then the first lawsuit was filed. That was Ashley Solis, I believe. One lawsuit became 24 lawsuits. And then all of a sudden became a PR barrage of kicks to the nuts. Sorry, Draymond. And millions of dollars in settlements and legal fees. And also dragged the NFL through the, the mud as well. It hurt the league. It hurt the shield. Because these endless Watson stories... All they do is tarnish the shield indirectly. I don't care what anybody says. 50% of folks who watch football are women. They matter. And, you, you know, this is, I, I said all along in July that this was going to be a referendum on the NFL's willingness and ability to deal, you know, sternly with cases of sexual misconduct. And this has just been one cluster after another. If Watson had simply owned up to his misconduct 16 minutes ago, instead of constantly doubling down and beating his chest, this would have ended for him and the league before it ever even started. Instead, Deshaun Watson continued to categorically deny any wrongdoing. And meanwhile, Judge Robinson found that Watson lied to the league's investigators. And one of and by the way, you probably don't remember this because March seems like a long time ago, but after the grand jury decided in March not to indict Deshaun Watson, which only made things worse when, uh, it, it, if memory serves, a reporter tweeted that Watson, quote, welcomed a criminal investigation because, quote, the truth would come out. Well, last Thursday, you know, Busby called out this reporter during a press conference for his effort to carry Watson's water after the grand jury opted not to file criminal charges. And he and Tony Busby, the, the attorney for all the plaintiffs, the women, said, quote, this kind of foolishness is exactly why people do not pursue justice. Now, at times, Tony Busby's tactics have been called into question as well. That's just what happens when you're in the public eye. The truth really didn't come out when prosecutors opted not to aggressively pursue a fight because there's a, you know, a much higher standard of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. 
And the DA in Houston said, I don't know if I can win this case. And by the way, I'm in Harris County right down the street from the Texans. Do I really want this? And I, he didn't seem to have the appetite to carry it. But Judge Watson, who had, or Robinson, who had been hired jointly by the league and the union, made a ruling as far as the NFL is concerned that she found, quote, four instances of nonviolent sexual assault, egregious misconduct, predatory behavior, untruthful denials, and a total lack of remorse. Now, the nonviolent sexual assault, to me, rings hollow because it neatly ignores emotional trauma, emotional anguish, and all the other things that go along with it. So what do I think is going to happen? Here's what I think is going to happen. Unless Deshaun Watson is willing to accept, and it's still on the table, a 12-game, $10 million fine and probably agree to a treatment program, then I don't know where this goes. I think what happens then is the NFL suspends him for the full season and Watson then has a choice team Watson to sue and file an injunction. He's already agreed. They've already, they've not contested the first six games. So I don't think you're going to see Watson on the field week one. I hear guys going on radio shows all the time, getting this wrong. Uh, Based on what I know today and based on what I've been told, according to Hoyles, this is about getting back week seven, not getting back week one. So, but if there was an appeal in much the same way Brady did back in 2015 and ended up losing, he, he bought time. He got to play the 2015 season, but missed the first four games of 2016. So he just kicked the can down the road. Ezekiel Elliott, he lost as well. He bought some time, but ended up losing. If Deshaun Watson's team were silly enough to actually sue, if, if, Goodell and and company give him a full season or something he doesn't like. And this gets delayed till next year. Well, next year is when that massive contract starts. Watson's only slated to make about a million dollars this year, only, I say. You know, about like 60000 70000 a game. Next year, he's slated to make almost $3 million a game. So next year, you're making $46 million. This year, you're making a million. If this spills into next year and he loses and he's suspended 10 games next year, He's going to continue to to dig the hole deeper, all right? I really thought that Deshaun Watson's conversation with Aditi Kinkle-Bobla, I'm sorry to mispronounce her name. You know what I'm talking about. Very professional, very polished, and a very respected NFL reporter. She does a great job. I believe she's out of Pittsburgh. Um, that conversation, if you saw it, it just felt uncomfortable. It, it did feel a little disingenuous. Uh, certainly a day late and a dollar short, all those things. Because I think for Deshaun Watson, the time for having a true reckoning has long since expired. This is a, like a Hail Mary aimed at avoiding the the punishment that the league not only has a right to impose, but for him to also imply, hey, by the way, we'll take eight games and five million. Oh, sure you will. Of course you will. Good luck with that one. I don't think it's happening. Uh, so sit tight. What do I think is going to happen? Either a full year, maybe 12 games, $10 million. When's it going to happen? Well, I think Roger Goodell told Peter Harvey, the appeals officer, when he was appointed, that he wanted this done in two weeks. We're now on the eighth day. So I think by the end of next week, there's a possibility, if not a probability, if they can't come to agreement, much the same way Judge Robinson advised them to, she imposed her penalty on August 1st. If they can't come to an agreement, I'm going to just call it just for the hell of it by Friday. Let's call it Friday, August uh, 19th. No, wait a minute. What's next Friday? T- today's what? August 
13th or check that today we're already august 14th this is sunday so next friday would be august 19th i think i think by next friday august 19th there's a better than 50 50 chance that uh judge harvey has ruled and we shall see what we shall see that's what roger goodell wants and at that point they've been given ample time to try to hash this out and again team watson continues to drive a hard bargain but that's why you didn't see the decision come down before the cleveland browns kicked off uh, Friday night in their game uh, because there was all kinds of rumors that might happen and would Deshaun wants to be able to play. No, Peter Harvey's giving him a chance to negotiate this out and try to find a happy medium. So far, it ain't happening. Coming up, what has happened is this past week, the number one USA Today coaches poll was released for college football. I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count as to who is ranked number one. I'll break it down with some of the other teams behind it coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. All right, back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. And uh, to no one's surprise, a certain college football team was voted number one in the preseason USA Today coaches poll, which was just released this past Monday. What's interesting is last year, this school had to replace 10 players who left for the NFL draft which included six first-rounders and two more taken in the second round. They also lost their offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, who took over as the head coach at Texas. And then he also brought along with him offensive line coach Kyle Flood and special teams coordinator Jeff Banks. And what did Alabama do? They found their way back into the national championship game. And not had the receiving core not gotten hurt, I still think they would have beaten Georgia. So to no one's surprise... Alabama was voted number one in the preseason USA Today poll, which was released Monday. Ohio State was second, and defending national champion Georgia was third. Now, Alabama may be number one in the preseason 22 poll, but it hardly guarantees success. Just ask Nick Saban. You might find this interesting, although it looks like Alabama is just absolutely loaded. 
for the Crimson Tide. It's the seventh time in the past 13 seasons. I detect a pattern here. It's called consistency. That Alabama has opened the season ranked number one. But believe it or not, wait for it. Only once has Alabama managed to win the championship trophy after receiving the preseason ranking number one ranking. Department of Redundancy Department. Ruh-roh. Okay. So what that basically means is just because they're ranked number one preseason, which they've had seven times in 13 years, six of the seven, they haven't finished number one. Be, be that as it may, uh, the uh, Crimson Tide received 54 first-place votes out of a total of 66. They are coming off a loss against Georgia. The Buckeyes received five first-place votes. Bulldogs of Georgia got six. How the hell did Texas, ranked 18th, get a number one vote? That's beyond me, okay? Clemson was number four. You've already forgotten about them. You better not. They're going to be good. Notre Dame was number five. And uh, Michigan coming off its first ever playoff appearance was sixth, followed by Texas A&M, Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. So there you have it. For what it's worth, back to the Michigan Wolverines, who coming off their first playoff appearance, yes, they beat Ohio State. They have some interesting games this year. They got nine starters back on on offense, and they're going to be a pretty prolific offensive team, I think Michigan will be. I do not think they're going to go into Ohio State and win. I think there's going to be a real revenge game. There are other three trip-up games on the schedule. Uh, they've got to go to Iowa, which is never easy. And then you've got uh, you know Michigan State, and you've got Penn State, which is never easy. But the Wolverines play no road games. they got a really soft September schedule, no Power 5 non-conference opponents. And they get, you know, they dropped the scheduled series with UCLA three years ago. So Michigan's four September opponents, Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, and Maryland. Not exactly murderers row. They went 17 and 33 last year with an average Sagarin ranking of 114. Three of those teams are breaking in new coaches. And if strength of schedule matters more than brand names, there should be no reason to rank the Wolverines high. They're not worthy of that ranking. You got to let them get to October. Okay, and by the way, their 2023 non-conference schedule, Michigan, East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, all at home. Come on, man, that's just some weak sauce. Do better, Michigan, but it should be a fun year. We'll see what the Wolverines do. Coming up, speaking of fun, my favorite team is on Hard Knocks. We'll chop it up. This is Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Fox Sports Sunday train rolls right along. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Two down, two to go. We got a lot of stuff to get to tonight. About an hour from now, the dance sensation sweep of the nation. What kind of brand new fool are you? Followed by what my name? The world of soccer. All kinds of good stuff. But this past week... Uh, a team that I have a long history with and a team that I have a real affinity for, I will tell you that my 10 years of covering the Lions between 98 and 2008, the Detroit Lions, were very rewarding, okay? We didn't win. We. I'm not on the team. They went to the playoffs one year, 99, lost to the Redskins. Uh, but my first year was Barry Sanders last year. My last year was when they went 0-8, famously under Rod Marinelli. And the Lions are now on hard knocks. And... Uh, I'm going to enjoy watching it for multiple reasons, but I really genuinely like Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan was actually a tight end 
in Detroit. He was winding down his career in 2007, I believe it was, the second of the last year. I was part of the pre and post broadcast team. And uh, he's the same then as he is now. I don't recall ever talking to him, but same kind of fiery guy. The thing I like about Dan Campbell, uh, you know, is is this. I mean, there's an old story. No one likes a phony, right? The guy's anything but a phony. I, I think I've told this story before. There were two twin brothers that were criminals that, you know, ran roughshod over a small town in the 1800s and over three decades. Uh, they robbed banks, killed people, did all kinds of terrible things. And one day, one of the twin brothers drops dead. And the surviving twin is so distraught, he goes to the town chaplain and says, I want you to utilize, uh, eulogize my twin brother, please. And, and he goes, I, I, will, I will give you $10,000. I'll write you a check for $10,000 if you just tell the crowd he was a saint. It's all I want. And uh, the, uh, the gentleman doing the eulogy said, if the check clears, I'll do it. Well, it did. And the day of the funeral, people from nine counties came away came over to see this uh this criminal uh be buried so as the as the chaplain got up to perform the eulogy in front of hundreds and hundreds of people uh he he immediately motioned to the coffin and he said uh, i'd like to tell all you folks about this gentleman who passed he was a bad person he was a criminal he was a miscreant he was a murderer a thief, a robber, all of those things. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. Nobody likes a phony. Dan Campbell is not a phony. And in, in, in if you were getting your first sample of Dan Campbell the other night in the newest season of Hard Knocks, he's the man of the hour, the star of the show, Dan Campbell. He started out immediately as a central figure, and he's already, you know, collected his share of podium sound bites with his on-field record but I think that's what is going to make him and this team a perfect fit for the show and the Lions for the first time willingly volunteered to be featured because the organization feels like they have their guy I think they do too and Campbell was ready for the the spotlight the the show premiered Tuesday night and they dove right into Dan Campbell's professional journey and what he brings to the table his playing career his stints with the Giants and the Cowboys and Lions and he ended up with the Saints how he got into coaching it involved a call to Bill Parcells which got him a job in Miami and then they discussed Dan Campbell's time as an interim head coach in Miami and the precursor for it was what to come. And by the way, he was also spent some time with Sean Payton in New Orleans. That was his final stop before getting to the Lions. So what did the world see from Campbell? He lined up with his players, and he did up-downs. We used to call them Lombardis in high school football. There, there were up-downs. Lombardi kind of invented them. Get somebody he did. He did 40. He did 40 with a bad wrist, and it saw his players and his assistants discussing how he wants everyone in the building to be their true, authentic selves. It's one of the reasons I think Dan Pat or Dan, Dan uh, Campbell appears, I believe, to have the respect of the locker room. And for all the love Campbell gets as a player's coach, the show highlighted some moments of Campbell pleading with this team, demanding more of them on a low-energy day of practice. He says, I've got a plan, I swear to you. He was sensing his players weren't feeling a full pads day. He goes, all I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I effing think about is you guys and how I set you up for the best effing 
possible, possible advantage I can give you to have a season. I swear to you, man, that's Dan Campbell to his core. That's him. It's not an act. And frankly, I, I've been around the NFL a lot. Players feed off that if it's genuine. It's genuine. I'll tell you what else is genuine. We haven't really gotten to the comedy yet. Jamal Williams, who I always thought was a great running back at BYU, he's had a decent NFL career. But one of the highlights of the season opener of Hard Knocks was Jamal Williams. He was kind of the he, he's kind of regarded as the cut up class clown of the Lions team. But he gave this impassioned speech that just went on and on, and the clip floated around on social media, and it it really sort of formed the backdrop of what the context of episode one was. Campbell noticed his players weren't responding to full pads. He sensed the energy was low. He didn't like what he saw. So he actually tapped Jamal Williams on the shoulder to set the tone for the next day. And I got to tell you, again, what Jamal Williams sounded very, very, you know, genuine too. He says, I want to let you know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Tomorrow we're going to come back and be even better. I know we started out slow. I know we got our pads on the first day coming back. I know we're looking at coaches crazy, but you got to believe him. You know what I mean? He's going to put us in the right position. We just got to come out here and be dogs. We got to come out here and know we got to be champions. If today, if you all think about it, this is it. This ain't it. We got to keep going. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. When you're tired, think of last year and think of that effing record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that effing record. That ain't us. We can make it. If you're going to piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. Let them on the effing field. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. By this time, Jamal Williams was crying. He says, I'm about to cry. He was crying because I care about y'all. Last year wasn't it. Last year got me angry for this year. I'm trying to be better for y'all. When you see me tired... Keep me going. I'm going to keep me going. Remember your why. Remember why you play football. Williams gets a lot of attention. He always has for a very vibrant personality, even at BYU. And he recently asked fans to bring him some <coughs> some gear in exchange for autographs. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's clear his care factor is sky high. And that's what you want. You can hear it in his voice. The way it, he, he actually was trembling as he was speaking. That was genuine, raw emotion on display. And I don't think it was for the cameras. I would say so. You know I got a BS meter. If you listen to my show, I'm calling out BS all the time. I do not think what Jamal Williams or Dan Campbell did was BS. It was absolutely, absolutely real. There's a reason Dan Campbell chose Jamal Williams to break things down after that poor effort and practice. This team needs leaders. And it, it always helps if a coach has a go-to leader that's in pads and in uniform that the players will respect. And I think they have that. And again, it was genuine. This is the beauty of hard knocks. It gives you a peek behind the curtain you never see. It was not an act. Speaking of act, one of the funny things and one of the great things about the NFL camps are the rookie shows. And I don't care what anybody says, man. Aiden Hutchinson, um, now this was kind of hyped. He was all set for his rookie show uh, performance to be a rendition of Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. And uh, anybody, if you ask Lions players, they all raved about it afterward. 
Uh, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, said he thought it was outstanding. Uh, Panay Sewell, he says, that's butter, man. The man killed it. I don't know. If, <laughs> and then Taylor Decker, he was telling friends the next day, man, I don't know if you heard about it. He put on a fantastic show. And I know Aiden Hutchinson, the kid out of Michigan, $23 million bonus. What was his second player picked overall? Got off to a little bit of a rough start. He started by singing the wrong lyrics, which drew booze. <laughs> it's all part of the deal, right? The coaches and teammates got on him. And, and then Hutchinson, he was clearly upset at him at himself, and he kind of put his head into his hands. But Jared Goff, he tried to silence the crowd. He says, hey, man, relax. He told Hutchinson, relax. And Aiden Hutchinson gathered himself for another attempt. And uh, and by the way, Jared Goff, uh, I, think, I think he's been in hard knocks three times. I don't know. This is his third time maybe. Or, so to his credit, Aiden Hutchinson bounced back, and he really delivered what I thought was a pretty memorable performance. Showed some moves. He became close to hitting the high notes. He showed some definite rhythm. He was working the room. And by the end of the performance, Aiden Hutchinson had the entire room on its feet, belting out the song. You talk about a recovery. You talk about a performance. And that's kind of been a theme with Aiden Hutchinson. Remember, his dad, Chris, was a great player in the 92 Michigan team. And... uh and, and Dan Campbell likes to say he has a knack for memory banking mistakes so that they don't happen again. Well, episode one showed some of Hutchinson's one-on-one battles with Panay Sewell, which will now become must-see TV because when those two guys go at it, uh, I would say Sewell, more of a veteran, has gotten the best of Hutchinson early on, but it also highlighted, and again, this is why we watch, I think folks watch uh, uh Hard knocks because you you find these welcome to the NFL moments, okay, and uh, and and PJ Hawkinson when he was playing for Iowa pancaked him once back in Ann Arbor, but every time Aiden Hutchinson gets right up, he goes right back to work, and yes, your teammates see that, yes, the coaches see that. So all in all, it was a very solid debut for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, the show also captured a nice moment with the Hutchinson family in which his uh, mother found an old photo of him as a, as a kid in Lions gear. And she said, this must be destiny. And I guess she brought that photo to the draft, and she said, if he's not drafted by the Lions, I'll cry. Well, he was. Another moment in the show caught the coaching staff confirming their belief in Hutchinson as a player. They were kind of talking off the side in a meeting after the first two weeks of training camp. They were like, okay, they're looking at their building blocks. Is Hutchinson going to be heavily featured this season? Well, they agreed he's passed every test so far and you know the coaches kind of looked at each other and said well do we do we have a good one here yeah we got it we got a good one here and it, i'm so glad the lions drafted defense i like what they what they did with their draft and so there'll be big things expected out of aiden hutchinson and i'm i'm curious to see you know they had a a really crazy last second loss against atlanta last night it was so on brand they'd throw a touchdown pass in the end zone and and, and the falcons pull one out after the Lions were winning, and it's like the Lions just got to use up this jinx and this bad luck. This just can't continue. Uh, I hope it doesn't anyway. But one of the oddities uh, was because they they had a couple of uh, they had a, they, they, the Lions really showcased all their assistants because almost well I think all of them have played in the NFL. If not damn near damn near all of them, um, the director of Hard Knocks. Uh, I, I believe the name is Shannon Furman, said that they anticipated the Lions coaching staff being a major storyline, and it was because 
when you add up all the years of experience, of playing experience in the NFL for the Detroit Lions, it adds up to over 80 years of collective playing experience. And in the first episode, the the, the show's producers asked each assistant to share their respective NFL experience and how many training camps they've been a part of, right? So you had quarterbacks coach Mark Brunel, running backs coach Deuce Staley, wide receivers coach Antoine Randall-L. Of course, I remember him at Indiana and won Super Bowl I covered Detroit Super Bowl 40. He threw the famous touchdown pass on the gadget play of Pittsburgh beats the alley, threw it to uh, Heinz Ward. An offensive coach, Hank Fraley, defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and then their line, linebackers coach, Kelvin Shepard. You add those numbers up, those names I just mentioned, they add up to over 80 years of NFL playing experience. So there, there's a there's a common perception, apparently, that Dan Campbell intentionally assembled his staff this way. But he actually pushed back on that. He says, it wasn't necessarily something I sought after. It was more like, you know, you're trying to think of guys that believe in what you believe in. And it just happened to be that a number of these guys were former players that they've been through the grind. They've been through camps. They know what it's like to have full padded practices. 98 degrees out there. They know the aches and pains. They know the routines, the knowledge of the game, the motivation, the communication. Dan Campbell sought those guys out. The one thing I thought that was a little weird is that uh, Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn. Uh, Deuce Staley is a running backs coach, and Aaron Glenn are like the linebackers. Oh, no, Aaron Glenn is the defensive uh, coordinator. They're like, I love you, man. I'm not afraid to tell you I love you. But we get between the lines, I want to F you up. I just thought that was that was clunky, but they meant it, and they compete, and this is what happens. Okay, you try to create competition in practice. You can't always do everything in practice. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that the NFL preseason is not a waste. I mean, partially it's a it's a bit of a money grab for the NFL. So what? Uh, it's it's a financial situation, but it, in in addition to that. Just ask position coaches. Just ask coordinators. It gives them an opportunity to evaluate position battles between guys in a game situation, much more so than in a typical scrimmage or practice. It also gives teams an opportunity to evaluate progress from their first-round draft choice or their second-round draft choice from year to year. So, But the bottom line is when you look at the Lions and their coaching staff and their pedigree and the way they're assembled in the 80 years – of, of experience, it brings a certain knowledge to the game, it brings a, a level of motivation, a certain, you know, discourse, communication. These are guys that Dan Campbell set out because they're kindred spirits and they all happen to play in the NFL. Now, for a young team, which the Lions are, this is a valuable resource, okay? One of the other things, too, if you look at it, every one of these assistants, they were hardly stars at their respective positions, but that makes it even more intriguing, and that makes it more relatable for a locker room of dudes that are just trying to find their way into the league, a lot of them. You've had coaches who've had 100 tackle seasons, and you've had coaches who are getting cut. You've had guys who switch positions, guys who've accepted backup roles and still managed to provide value to a roster. But they all, the one thing about this group, and I've said it nine times now, 80 years, they all found a way to stick in the league. You've heard about the NFL not for long? Well, you don't hang around unless you're contributing. And if you contribute to multiple teams in a lot of years, then you've been contributing or they don't keep you around. Their hope is to have that roster adopt the same kind of mentality. The long and short of it is Deuce Staley believes that the fact that the roster knows them as former players 
they're 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 able to communicate now that as coaches when they communicate something it comes from a series of it, it comes from a position of credibility and a position of experience and a position of authority in which is not only relatable but again credible coming up the Pac-12 recently pulled out of their negotiations with the Big 10 who's going to benefit from that because somebody is, and I'm going to tell you who, and it might be good news if you're a West Coast fan. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. All right, back on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. As I mentioned, as you know, uh, ESPN pulled out of the Big Ten negotiations. They got that massive TV contract that's coming to an end. And uh, the Big Ten was looking for a seven-year deal worth about $380 million from ESPN. And the network ended up declining because the agreement – would not have given ESPN the ability to have first choice of Big Ten games on a given week at any point. Here's the good news, and here's who the good news is for. The fallout could be very good news for the Pac-12, which remains in negotiations with ESPN, as well as some other media partners, on what could very well be a new media rights agreement. See, without the Big Ten contract, ESPN theoretically has this $380 million to spend elsewhere, and they're going to need some programming slots to fill. Here's where it becomes interesting for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 can provide evening kickoff slots as late as 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's inventory that has almost no competition at that hour. Now, as a point of reference, two of four of uh, Utah's games at that point will kick off about that time, 10.30 Eastern, seven, uh, September 17th versus San Diego State of all teams, 
and October 27th at Washington State. And in this world we are living in now, where you've got legalized betting in 32 states and more on the docket, folks will stay up to watch these games. And the one thing ESPN, or check that, the one thing that Pac-12 can offer that other Power 5 conferences cannot offer are four TV slots. You've got the traditional 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Pacific, and then 7 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 o'clock Eastern, and no one can really compete with that. I believe there's a broadcaster named Roxy Bernstein. He calls it Pac-12 after dark. Now, we know that USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten, and so there's a void there. But I am now hearing... It's possible, and I just mentioned again, that Utah will play San Diego State on September 17th in one of these nighttime slot kickoffs at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. I, it's my understanding San Diego State is getting a second look and could end up in the Pac-12. Am I predicting that? No. Don't listen. Don't listen, you know, uh, selectively. Listen completely. I'm not predicting that, but I am hearing there's a conversation. You see, years ago, San Diego State was written up in many magazines as the number one party school. I understand that image is not the same anymore. They are now very much recognized as a is a very respected, highly ranked, nationally ranked academic school. At you know, you're a 4.0, you may not be getting into San Diego State. You're gonna have you better have some junk in your trunk. And the Pac-12 likes academic schools. Just, they got Stanford, they got Cal, you get the drift, USC, UCLA. And so the long and the short of it is San Diego State could be appealing, and they've been very competitive in football and basketball the last few years. Who else might get a look? None other than UNLV. Well, Las Vegas and the Las Vegas market is now getting a lot more eyeballs than it used to. Why? Well, look what's happening in this town. How many people are moving here? You got the Raiders, they're a major league team. You got the Golden Knights. You got the Aces. They're getting a lot of national attention. The NIT tournament will no longer be in, well, it's not going to be in Madison Square Garden next year. The Final Four, it's going to be here. So the Pac-12 appears to be benefiting from ESPN pulling out of the Big Ten negotiations. And they could sure use that $380 million, and they could create a new time slot. Again, that late West Coast Pac-12 after dark time slot that Roxy Bernstein talks about. And wouldn't that be cool because they're the only major Power 5 conference that can offer that. Stay tuned. These things happen. I never once thought the Pac-12 would dissolve. And while nothing's etched in stone yet, I can tell you this. Things are looking up for the Pac-12. Things evolve. Things change. Remember, we used to fight wars with a single-shot rifle. Things change. Things evolve. USC and UCLA leave, the Pac-12 should be able to rebound, and they can certainly use a nice TV contract of that nature. Coming up, we talked about the Sean Watson in court. Well, guess what? The LIV golfers went to court, and they took an L. I'll have all the details coming up. But first, let's go back to Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, Bernie, the late game of Major League Baseball on Saturday saw the Angels get a walk-off home run from Taylor Ward. They notch a 5-3 extra innings victory over Minnesota. Yankees picked up just their second win in their last 10 games after beating the Red Sox 3-2. 12 straight victories for the Dodgers. They mollywopped Kansas City 13-3. Adam Wainwright had a no-hitter through seven innings, but would eventually give up a home run to Luis Urias in what would later result in a 3-2 Milwaukee win over the Cardinals. Jay 
Jacob DeGrom struck out 10. Pete Alonso driving in the first and only run of the game in the first inning as the Mets beat Philadelphia 1-0. Lance McCullers pitched six shutout innings in his first action since last year's NLDS, ALDS, I should say, with Houston. Houston does beat Oakland 8-0. Wins for the White Sox, Giants, Rays, and Toronto. NFL preseason, Bears beat the Chiefs 19-14. Justin Fields 4-7 for passing for 48 yards. He was sacked three times. Patrick Mahomes 6 of 7 passing for 60 yards. Completed those six passes to six different receivers. He also had a touchdown pass in his lone possession. Back to Bernie Fredo. All right, thanks so much, Kevin. And in about half an hour, we uh, will all join. The crew will join for uh, What Kind of Brand New Fool Are You? Followed by What My Name. And, of course, an hour from now, uh, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. Remember, this is not only a – it's amazing how the, how the calendar and time flies on the calendar. Why do I say that? <clears throat> We're 99 days away from World Soccer, World Cup Soccer. 99 days away. Well, so we'll have that in about an hour. All right. A um, couple things. First of all, the LIV uh, – the PGA defections to the LIV continue. Cameron Smith, who just won the British Open at St. Andrews with a final round 64 – Two or three weeks ago, he's apparently headed to the LIV Golf Invitational Series along with a fellow Australian, Mark Leishman, and uh, <clears throat> following the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, the uh, he, the British Open champ, this is why he apparently, Camp Smith apparently has signed a $100 million deal. And uh, he declined to address the report when he was asked about it, but the reported signing marks what I would consider to be another significant win for this very controversial Saudi-backed league as it secures more and more services of reigning major champions of and one of golf's rising stars. They've now got nine of the top 40 players uh, world-ranked, and you've got the British Open winner. And, you know, there was some rumor that Hideki Matsuyama might join as well, getting a rumor. He just won the Masters in 2021. But all of a sudden now, you know, and Cameron Smith's only 28, and he's a six-time winner on the PGA Tour. And, again, he, he just won the British Open, what, four weeks ago. And if you watched that, that back nine at St. Andrews, uh, he just stole it from Rory McIlroy, the irony, uh, because he just his putting was just otherworldly. So Cam Smith is now part of the LIV Tour, and the, the names are starting to mount. It's not just Cam Smith. You got Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kapka, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. A lot of these players have made the jump, obviously, because they've gotten lucrative, guaranteed deals. So, meanwhile, the, the PGA, again, they have suspended players who have signed with LIV Golf from competing, which leads me to. Uh, my lead, which I mentioned a minute ago, that uh, the LIV golfers were in court, uh, but they took an L. So there were three LIV golfers uh, just this past week who filed for a temporary restraining order to be able to compete in the FedEx, the PGA Tours FedEx Cup playoffs, which started last Thursday, but they lost the motion in court, I believe, Wednesday. Uh, or Tuesday it was, and the key points from Tuesday's hearing, which started bad and ended bad for the golfers, according to reporters who who covered the proceedings, here's what went down. The judge ruled in part that the trio of golfers who sued 
would not suffer because they had been compensated so well by the LIV circuit. Whoops. So it's, I guess the judge is saying, you know, this is a little contradictory. You, you, you have to mitigate your loss when you sue. And what did they really lose? Because they made so much more guaranteed money heading to the LIV, the judge didn't feel they were damaged. And, and he, the quote was, this is not a case where the plaintiffs, the three bringing the, uh, the, you know, the action, would be restricted and unable to play golf, the judge, is what he said. He says, they certainly have the opportunity with LIV, and they've availed themselves of that opportunity. So they get to play golf. They get to be paid very well. And they can't have their cake and eat it, too. And it was a female judge. She leaned on the law that said, you know, private associations like the PGA generally get to make their own rules without judicial interference. She's not wrong. So while this was the case, you know, it was only about the FedEx Cup, the judge strongly hinted that she saw flaws in the larger antitrust case filed by Phil Mickelson and company as well. This is something I think you uh, you might want to keep an eye on because uh, as this war, and it is a bit of a war, continues, the people that take the high and mighty road, they might come to find out that, uh, you know, standing on ceremony and acting like you've been aggrieved, uh, when they add up the, the, the facts, it may not do so well uh, in your favor. Uh, and and by the way, real quickly, I digress. We've talked about this. And we'll talk about it, you know, certainly in the final hour in Chris's world of soccer. But as you know, the 2022 World Cup is going to be held in Qatar in November. And, and usually it's not November. It's pushed back. It's usually in July because the average temperature outside in Qatar in July, the average temperature is 106. And it can be, you know, 110, 115. And, uh, and, and so they've moved the tournament to November, and we've talked about this USA will play England on Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, be the, I believe the most watched soccer game involving a U.S. team in history. But what's interesting is the government of Qatar estimated that November's World Cup will add $17 billion to its economy. And uh, it's not easy hosting this event. Uh, as a matter of fact, they, they thought it would be $20 billion, but there's a lot of costs involved. If you're going to host this event, which is the reason why a lot of cities in the U.S. turned down when the World Cup <clears throat> comes to the United States in a few years, uh, it's not such a big deal for some of these cities to want to host the event because you take a lot of money out of your, out of your pocket. But the, the Qatar is projecting uh, a transient population to come in to see this tournament, 1.2 million people. And so you've got a situation now. What do they do? Because there's already a severe shortage of hotel rooms and the, their host city, Doha, is providing accommodations for that many turn, uh, tourists. It's forcing Qatar to take some very unusual measures. So if you happen to be traveling to Qatar to watch World Cup soccer, you might not stay in a hotel. Qatar has actually leased two luxury cruise liners which can hold nearly 10,000 guests between them. In addition, some event organizers are offering tents in, quote, desert fan villages. Some are 200 a night for a tent. By the way, Qatar Airways and other airlines, they're providing more than 180 shuttle flights from Doha to nearby cities. This is going to be a massive undertaking. And I don't care if you like soccer or not, you are going to be thrilled when this event is here, I promise. I'm so glad the United States is in it. 
and they made the cut. And I'm so glad they're playing England in the in the, in, in week one or the game one Friday after Thanksgiving. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Chris has talked about that in his World of Soccer reports. You'll have another one here uh, coming up, 2.30 Pacific. So, again, soccer manages to stay in the news 99 days until World Cup. Uh, One final thing, you know, uh, Pete Rose found his way to Philadelphia. uh, I want to say, what what day was it? Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Rose is now 81 years old. He he really doesn't look it. He doesn't act it. But we all know that his legacy uh, is, unfortunately... You know what it is going to be, and and when he was in Philadelphia Tuesday, there was a female base, baseball writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer who actually asked Pete about a statutory rape charge for having sex with a minor. Rose's response was, "That was fifty-five years ago, babe." <laughs> it actually allegedly took place in in 1973, but why split hairs? That was 49 years ago, not 55 years ago. But then Pete Rose had the presence of mind to ask her if he defended her and, quote, offered to sign a thousand baseballs for forgiveness before ultimately saying he was sorry. And, uh, you know, I met Pete. Pete's a, Pete's a great guy. It's just that he's – but he, he – the Associated Press also asked a question about it. And, I mean, imagine, you see, that if that's your reputation and you haven't been in the city in decades and you're there and – you know, Pete will never be in the Hall of Fame, I don't think, but, but he, we know he's a Hall of Famer. If you get my drift, he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. But those are the questions you're asking. And he's, Rose is like, who cares what happened 50 years ago? You weren't even born. You shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't even born. And then Pete did some time on the air and, and dropped a four-letter word about a fastball over a certain part of the anatomy. And I get a kick out of these things because they find their way into the news, as I say at the top of every show, we don't have royalty in our country. Our athletes and our entertainers are our royalty, okay? And the truth of the matter is um, it's always going to be that way whether you like it or not. Rose can come to town and get attention, and if his name was, you know, uh, Eddie Gazinski, I doubt they're going to ask him about something that took place 49 years ago. Uh, but that's just not the way it works. You know that's not the way it works. Be that as it may, it's the price of stardom it's the price of fame you you get the accoutrements but you get what comes along with it coming up which nfl team are the pros betting that will be the worst and i mean the worst and what happened to a certain arizona cardinal wide receiver this past week and why you should be upset when you hear what he was doing out on the roadways. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. All right, back on Fox. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bertie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. You're about 12 minutes away from the dance sensation sweep of the nation. What kind of brand new fool are you? Followed by what my name will get the crew involved. All right. There are all kinds of ways to bet during the NFL season. And one of them has to do with futures totals. One of them has to do with prop bets, which is a proposition of whether a player or a team will do a certain thing or not do a certain thing. Well, only one team can have the worst record, right? Only one team. Well, let's say tie. Right now, the Bears are the darling to not only go under six and a half wins, their season total, but you can get them at eight to one to have the worst record in the NFL this year. Don't take this lightly. Eight to one. 25% of all the tickets that can bet on teams that can have the worst record are all on the Bears. Frankly, I don't know that I'm in disagreement. They've got a bad offensive line. They've got a bad defensive line. They open up versus the 49ers. Then they go to Green Bay afterward. Then shortly after, they got back-to-back road games to the Giants and Vikings. The Bears are completely rebuilding. They lost Khalil Mack. They lost Allen Robinson. Their offense last year ranked 31st. Their defense last year ranked 31st. The Bears special teams ranked 17th. Overall, team ranking last. The Bears are going to be a disaster. I, I, I like Justin Fields. I think he's a person of very high character. I think he's a world-class athlete. I think he will compete his butt off. I think he's a million miles away from being a major league quarterback that can operate from the pocket. I just feel like under duress, his default mechanism is still to run the ball. He gets the ball out a little bit late. Sometimes when he gets his feet set, he'll make a brilliant throw. But it's all about consistency, and when they find out your tendencies, this league can be very, can be very unforgiving. And I, I think that, look, every quarterback needs support, and the Bears drafted Justin Fields because they knew they weren't going to get to a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. And I certainly get that. Trubisky's on his way to Pittsburgh now. But what if I told you Trubisky had, was 25-13 and 13 his last three years with the Chicago Bears, made the playoffs two or three years, threw 64 touchdowns and 37 interceptions, 66% completion rate. Now what if the next three years, Justin Fields was 25-13, and 13, made the playoffs two or three years, threw 64 touchdowns, had a 66% completion rate, Would that be good enough? Well, it wasn't for Trubisky. 
And I don't think Justin Fields is anywhere near that. He does not have a great supporting cast. Moral of the story, could be a long year for the Chicago Bears. By the way, what's up with Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown? He was pulled over for going 127 miles an hour this past week. And Cliff Kingsbury, when asked about the details, oh, we're working on it, but we're glad to have him back. Are you kidding me? They should they should revoke his driving privileges and suspend him. It was just nine months ago that Henry Ruggs was drunk, plotted, and killed a 23-year-old girl while doing 156 miles an hour here in Las Vegas and not hit her SUV so hard, the poor young girl, he knocked it 570 feet down the road. Come on, Roger Goodell. Maybe you need to get involved in some of these things. You're so worried about the shield, you can't just pick and choose. By the way, was this just dumbass attack week? It must be. All over the board. Auburn quarterback T.J. Fenley, no, no relation to Brian Fenley. They're spelled different, by the way. He was arrested and charged with attempting to elude police which is a misdemeanor, on Thursday. That's the same day Auburn players were scheduled to report to, to campus for preseason camp. Finley was booked at a detention center on a charge of attempt to elude police, and the charge stems from an earlier traffic violation in which Finley was cited for failure to wear a helmet while riding a moped. By the way, here's where the dumbassery really, it really occurs. It was one day after Finley signed his first-ever NIL deal with online sales giant Amazon to sell his apparel. Me, by the way, his coach Brian Harson, who'd come over from Boise, they tried to run out of town. He said, "Quote: If his brain was a banana, he'd have turned it to money." No, he didn't say that. Actually, somebody else said that. So, where, where, where? What's going on? We'll deal with it. All right. Good luck with all that. Coming up. Keep it locked. What kind of brand new fool are you? This is Bernie Fratto, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Fox Sports Sunday train keeps rolling right along. Three down, one to go. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Jam-packed final hour as usual. So without further ado, let's get it going because it's at this time every week that the nation waits with bated breath. As we roll out a segment that we affectionately refer to as, yes, what kind of brand new fool are you? You see, every day, every week across this great land and around the world, people do things that defy logic that can only leave you scratching your head and asking yourself, what kind of brand new fool are you? And this week, we go back to Florida. We seem to have a lot of these in Florida, and it's just a case of someone winding the shirt off of his back. See, a naked Florida man who happened to be a felon, armed with a machete, was arrested Monday morning after demanding a man's clothes at knife point, according to the Volusia County Sheriff's Police. Now, the victim told deputies that a gentleman naked with a machete named Brandon Wright suddenly came running out of the bushes where he was picking berries and told him, hand over your garments, your wallet, and your phone. It happened about 10 o'clock in the morning, right in, right in daylight. As the gentleman began complying, all of a sudden, Brandon Wright, the man wheeling the machete, he suddenly hurled the machete at him along with a handful of palmetto berries. The weapon bounced off the victim's chest and he avoided injury, according to the deputies, but still nude. Wright sprinted off and hopped into his white Dodge Challenger and fled the scene. But soon after, patrons at a nearby gas station told police that Wright had pulled up next to a pump and exited his vehicle. 
All of a sudden, now a police copter was tracking right. They relayed him, got him down, got his activities to a dispatcher. The naked man was hiding in the bushes. And then the next thing you know, he's doing push-ups at the entrance to a food store. Okay, my head is hurting from this one. The video shows Wright walking in the middle of the street now as drivers maneuver around him naked. He got rid of his machete. But as deputies approached, Wright just simply laid down next to his car and surrendered completely without incident. Now, the sheriff's office said Wright had prior convictions for kidnapping, gun possession by a felon, battery on a law enforcement officer, cocaine possession, and resisting arrest. Other than that, he's just a stellar citizen. All I can say is, Brandon Wright, what kind of brand new fool are you? Chris Perfett. All right, Bernie. Well, we're going to Cleveland a, to a NFL team that has just spent $230 million in the offseason signing Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. We have talked about that plenty. What we haven't talked about is what kind of cuts that kind of makes to the budget for the rest of the Browns. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just might be cheap in this situation. So, as you know... Season ticket holders are part of the lifeblood to filling up a stadium. The Cleveland Browns raised their ticket price last year to uh, $55 per game. It's a $5 increase. And last year, they missed the playoffs going 8-9 last season. To show their appreciation to fans, they sent them, you know, every every when you buy season tickets in the NFL, usually the team sends you kind of a gift box uh, to show their appreciation for you spending your hard-earned money to make sure that you are guaranteeing your place and spending clo- uh, close to or more than $1,000 in some cases to go to every home game. So, what the Browns have sent, though, is kind of getting dunked on yeah, because one of the things they included in there happens to be a nice Cleveland Browns hat. I use nice very loosely in this case because uh, it is made of a very flimsy material. It just says Browns with an orange bill on it. I happen to know this material, Bernie. I used to work in carpentry and painting. This is a painter's cap. They they included for fans who spent, so let's see, that would be at least, what, eight games at home, Bernie? $55 a game. Talking about fans who spent over... uh, My math's not great, but I'm pretty sure that comes out to more than $500. And one of the small things you send them is very flimsy little caps, painter's caps. And uh, fans are dunking on this. And someone on Twitter, Jared Wackerly, saying, Thank you, Browns, for for continuing to send the worst season ticket member gifts in the history of sports. And has a picture of him with the ill-fitting cap on. Uh, Maybe they lost all that money in the Deshaun Watson signing. I don't know. Either way, the Browns are quite fools because when you put when you when you send out the gifts, you've got to know that your fans are going to put you on Twitter for for a little bit of a blast if you're not living up to your living up to your nature. Yeah, fair fair enough. As we talked about earlier, no one likes a phony, and the Browns and no know, one likes let, a cheapskate too. Well, that's true. Very true. Yeah, if you can spend $230 million for your quarterback when you said you want an adult in the room and you're going to treat your fans that way. And by the way, Cleveland are some of the greatest fans, I believe. All right, anything else on that, Chris? Is that it? Nope, that's it. Just wanted okay, to. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm with you on that one, man. <laughs> uh, the, let me count the ways. The Browns, I get a feeling they might make this list more than once throughout the football season. Every, every year we at least get one story of a season ticket holder gift package just not being up to snuff and usually cleveland is one is the leader in the in the clubhouse a painter's hat my god 
Uh, Kevin Figures, what do you got, buddy? All right, well, hop across the pond there, Bernie, to Manchester, England. There was an 18-year-old man who has been on the run since May. He uh, stole a Mitsubishi SUV worth $10,000. Police have not been able to find him. They've been on the trail, but it's been pretty cold. So they actually decided to make a hop, skip, and a jump over to his girlfriend's house. Uh, went inside, did some investigating, didn't see anything suspicious until they ran across a large, life-sized teddy bear. And they noticed that the bear was uh, breathing, for lack of a better term. They walk over to the bear, give it a little bit of a shake, and they find that the 18-year-old man they've been looking for was actually hiding inside of the stuffed teddy bear. He was sentenced to nine months, sent to a young offender's institution last week. Uh, and uh, charged with uh, with grand theft auto, essentially. But uh, I've heard of some uh, some pretty interesting hiding places in the past, Bernie. I, I think this might be a first where someone's actually hidden inside of a giant stuffed teddy bear. And he stole a Mitsubishi. Yeah, stole a Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff, Kevin. All right, Brandon Truffle, what do you got, buddy? All right, let's stay across the pond and let's go to a country where they wear painters' hats. That's France. So in uh. On Sunday, a physicist named Etienne Klein uh, took to Twitter where he tweeted a photo of a round red object on a black background that he claimed was taken from a James Webb Space Telescope. Now, he claimed that this fo- this was a photo of Proxima Centauri. I'm pretty sure I butchered that, but it is known as the closest star to the sun. About an hour later, uh, I'm sorry, his tweet also included, it's entirely in French, so I'm not going to attempt to read it, but one of the lines translates to, this level of detail, a new world is revealed day after day, okay? About an hour later, he tweeted another tweet where he said, beware of cognitive biases, and noted that according to contemporary cosmology, No object belonging to Spanish charcuterie exists anywhere but on Earth. It was then he revealed that it was not a picture of a star. It was, in fact, a slice of chorizo that he just put on a black background that he disguised as a star. And chorizo, for if you don't know, is a Spanish salami. And he he got chorizo in France. Yes. Spanish. (laughs) I get it. No, no, I get it. Chorizo's pork, I believe, is it not? It's, it's yes, pork? it is. No? It's pork. Yeah, it's good, st- good Spicy stuff. Spicy pork. Nicely done. So we got a, a stolen Mitsubishi, a painter's cap for Brown's hands, a naked man with a machete who's got a long rap sheet, and some free pork chorizo in France. Yes, just put that together any way you want, folks. Another rousing edition. Great job, guys. What kind of brand new fool are you? Which leads us into our second favorite bit which we lovingly refer to as What My Name. All right, we've talked a lot about the Detroit Lions tonight, so let's start there. Back in 1992, the Lions had won their first and only playoff game since 1957 by beating the Dallas Cowboys 38-6. to I was the starting quarterback that day for the Lions. Kevin Figures, What My Name. Oh, Rodney Pete. Not a bad guess. A little before his time. Ah. Or a little after his time, but Rodney was certainly part of the Lions. All right, 1992, January 5th, I beat the Cowboys 38-6, to the only Lions playoff game since 1957. I was the quarterback. What my name, Brandon Trufa? Uh, John Kitna. These are good guesses, guys. All these guys played quarterback for the Lions. Okay, I know Chris is going to get this. 1992, I was a starting quarterback. 
January 5th when we beat the Dallas Cowboys 38-6 to for the Lions' only playoff win since 1957. I was a starting quarterback. Chris Perfett, what my name? I have an answer I really want to do that's funny, but I will go with, I think the right one, is it Eric Kramer? Yes. Oh, Nicely done. You scared me for a second. I, I, I kind of paused because I wanted to hear the funny yeah. thing you had. I, I called oh, him. Oh, Eric. I was I, I, I was going to go with Scott Mitchell. Just, just well, Mitchell joined the team in '94. If you recall, I know. It just uh, yeah. our our, our yeah. lovely Jonas Knox on the network always jokes that uh, I'm sitting around watching Lions games in a Scott Mitchell jersey. Which, for those who don't know, Scott you, Mitchell Mitchell, Mitchell was threw, yeah. He threw for four thousand yards in '95. That was a good team. Yeah, he he did. It was just it was always funny because he was a Dan Marino backup that That's got. Right. A, a massive, a massive contract because of one year filling in for Dan. You, you, you nailed it. It was right around Thanksgiving in '93. He went down. Marino went down. Mitchell comes in, lights it up, and based on one game, the Lions bring him in. And Mitchell was good for a while, but he had that big fight with Fonts on Thanksgiving and made fun of him. And yeah, all right, good stuff. I love the, I love the folks know the props to Jonas for knowing about Scott Mitchell. All right, let's stay with the Lions. Last year, I covered the team, 2008. I famously ran out of the end zone, causing my team a safety. We lost that day to the Vikings 12-10. to 10. This is the year the Lions went 0-16. Kevin Figures, what my name? Oh, man. Uh, Dan Orlovsky? Bam! Two for two, guys. Here we go. Good old Dan. Let's stick with 2008. In my rookie debut... In my very first ever NFL game, the very first pass I ever attempted was against the Lions, and I threw a 66-yard touchdown pass. Brandon Trufa, what my name? Uh, I'm going to say Vince Young. A little before Vince's time, but but okay. Um, no, no, I'm not. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Vince Young came into the league what? 06? 06, 06, I believe. Yeah, but yes. he was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, this was 2008. No, good, good guess. But Vince Young, uh, it was not Vince Young. Okay, 2008 opening day. I made my debut as an NFL quarterback. I threw the very first pass I ever attempted was against the Lions, and it was for a 66-yard touchdown pass. Chris Perfett, what my name? Hmm. I think I know what this is. Is it Matt Ryan? That's Bam! It. That's it. I'm telling you, it was the very, it was the first play of the season. I know, Matt Ryan. I, I you know, it was in Atlanta. Anyway. All right, three for three, guys. See if we can keep it going. This one's I'm going to get, get a little tougher now, a little tougher. Five years ago, 2017, believe it or not, I led the entire FBS in touchdown passes while quarterbacking at Missouri. Kevin Figger, what my name? Missouri. Oh, man, I can I see his face right uh, Shoot. It's all right. Know. It's not easy. No. 2017, while playing for Missouri, I led the entire FBS in touchdown passes. Uh, Brandon Trufa, what my name? Drew Locke. Bam! You guys are on fire! Wow. You're fuego! Nice. But I couldn't resist this one since Fernando Tatis is not playing because of what he did. I went back into the cookie jar because I'll never forget this. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It took place in the 80s. As a player, I once went on the D, uh, on the DL. They called it the DL then, because I sneezed too hard and pulled a muscle. Brandon Trufa, what my name? Oh my gosh! Um, I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna guess. I guess Roger Clemens. I know that's okay. way, probably way wrong. Same same genre, but no. All right. In the '80s, I went on the DL once. I sneezed too hard, pulled a muscle. Chris Perfett, what my name? 
I have absolutely no clue. Um, All right. Kevin, I got a feeling Kevin might get this one because this guy was infamous <laughs> for this. He was infamous for this. And when I say the name, I say, oh, yeah. All right. Mid-80s. I went on the DL. I pulled a muscle because I sneezed too hard. Kevin figures what my name. Yeah, I don't know, Bernie. I'm drawing a blank. I felt Sosa did it, but that was not in it's, the 80s. Uh, it, was, it was Fred Lynn. Fred, Fred Lynn. Lynn. Freddie Lynn, who was noted for not exactly being a an Iron Man. Yeah. All right, final one. We're going way deep into the cookie jar for this one. On this day, 1929, I hit my 500th home run, the first ever player in the history of Major League Baseball to get to 500 home runs. Brandon True for what my name? Uh, Babe Ruth. Bam! All right, nicely done, guys. Outstanding. Five and six. Kevin, you were here two weeks ago. You guys went five for five. So you're 10 for 11. Not bad. Not bad. Outstanding job. Good stuff on the... Uh, what my what kind of brand new fool are you? Coming up, we bring it back out to Las Vegas. The uh, the uh, NFL preseason continues, and by the way, two coaches will face each other this next week. Uh, that will be that will be bringing streaks into the game that will represent something that's never happened in the NFL preseason, and we'll talk about it. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. All right, we're back on Fox. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We're about seven minutes away from Christopher Fett's World of Soccer. But first, bring it back out to Vegas. Mackinac Sports with McKenzie Rivers. It is the preseason. What have we always said? It's about information, information, information. The preseason offers some of the best betting opportunities you will ever find any sport anywhere. I'm already off to a great start, but McKenzie's got a couple. He's got his eyes on a couple of games Next week, what do you got, Mackenzie? Yes, I've been very interested in the preseason approaching it conceptually because we all know the Houston Texans are much worse than the Green Bay Packers. But last year, right here in the studio I'm sitting in, A.J. Hoffman said, Green Bay Packers are better, minus three. 
And R.J. Bell's like, well, that doesn't really matter in the preseason. I'm going to take plus three with the Texans. And they end up routing them by 34. So it's a lot about approaches. Therefore, it's a lot about coaching. And I think we have prime examples of this this week. You might have heard this one. He, he, when you break Vince Lombardi's record, you can go about it a little bit. The Ravens won their 21st consecutive preseason game over the last five years since 2016. Now, two up on Vince Lombardi's record of 19 straight. And more than that, they're 19-2-1 against the spread. However, you might be surprised to hear that John Harbaugh and his Ravens and his bully mentality, killing it in the preseason every year, is not the number one guy when it comes to beating the Vegas spread in the preseason. He has been overtaken by Sean McDermott, who has won nine of his last 10 preseason games against the spread. He's now 73%. However, a little bit smaller of a sample size. So, if, if you look at you know the old binomial distribution calculator, if you look at Harbaugh's chance to do that just randomly, 40-so-odd games and 30, 71% against the spread, only about 2% chance to happen randomly. McDermott, smaller sample size, about twice that. Still, these things aren't happening randomly. It's about the coaches' decision-making and beating up on these coaches that are kind of, you know, working on prep and the other things that training camp is supposed to be about. Some coaches like to win, and we've seen that in week one. Well, I've seen it for over a decade. I mean, there are some coaches that want to win these things. One of the other things are first-year coaches that are already 4-1, and and you've got Josh McDaniels a chance tomorrow to make that 5-1, and but you've also got coaches looking for their first preseason win, and uh, that features a couple games next week. Yes, I have right here a sheet with every single ATS record for every coach that's active in the preseason. However, there is one NA blank question mark, question mark, question mark. That's because Kevin O'Connell of the Vikings is suiting up as head coach for the very first time in his career. He's going to Las Vegas where Josh McDaniels, in his first exhibition games in charge of the Raiders, absolutely dominated Doug Peterson's Jaguars. So it'll be interesting because, on the one hand, head coaches that have never coached any games, you think it's kind of, you know, a lot of juice, players are in it. Fellow coaches, his assistants are in it. They feel that vibe that you want to win on your very first time out. Well, if you look at brand new coaches in their very first time out in exhibition games, 55% against the spread last 10 years. Pretty strong. However, Josh McDaniels in his first home game also has a very positive trend towards him. 54% against the spread, very first time coaching at home. So you kind of got strength against strength there. Josh McDaniels definitely will want to show what he has you know, to the home crowd, the home faithful. Similarly to when he was in Canton, Ohio, where he grew up, he had a little something extra, a little something in the tank, because it matters when you're at home and you're, you're doing it for your loved ones and your family. Well, it's all about information, and information comes from multiple sources. I mean, last week, pros pounded the Raiders game day when they realized that Josh yes. McDaniels was going home to Kent McKinley, his you know the, the, a powerhouse high school in Ohio where his dad was a legendary coach. Bill Belichick, he doesn't really care if he wins preseason games, but what if I told you Belichick is now 15-5 and five against the spread in preseason openers? And that line got run to one, uh, four the other day. Defending Super Bowl losers. Now, Cincinnati played Arizona last night. They could have been more disinterested. Super Bowl losers in the first preseason opener are now 6-25 and 25 against the spread wow. following the Super Bowl in which they lose. And so that's something to watch for next year. I thought you had something involving the Commanders. They visit the Chiefs next week and the Lions visiting the Colts. Yes. Well, the Colts uh, and the Lions, let's start off there. Dan Campbell was facing the Falcons. 
both the Falcons and the Colts head coaches had never won for their coaches, for their teams in the preseason. And Campbell's now facing historic territory because he's 0-4 straight up in the preseason. No coach since 2010 and beyond has gone 0-5 or worse. So he's undefeated in this spot. Flip around Ron Rivera in the Washington is in the exact same scenario. He hasn't won. He hasn't covered a spread for Washington in his tenure there. And I think it's a very telling example. You talk about that great trend, the teams that are off a Super Bowl loss. That's a really innovative kind of makes sense once you hear it. Teams that are motivated, it's the exact opposite scenario. They're not off a Super Bowl loss. Teams that need to win, we've seen this in the preseason offense. Dan Campbell's Lions had never won a preseason game. Score up 23 points, way more than they're expected. On the other side of the coin, Arthur Smith, he had never won a preseason game. He brings more ammo to the table, more in the playbook. It's the exact opposite in the NFL regular season. You think intensity, effort, game matters, defense matters. What did Josh McDaniel bring to Canton? Ideas, offense, not vanilla stuff, stuff outside of the playbook. In the preseason, when coaches are motivated, you saw that with the Commanders and the Panthers game today. They both really wanted that win. Game got over 40, way over the total. When both coaches are motivated in the preseason, you see that show up in the offense. Dan Campbell is over in the preseason. He's going to the Colts. I think he puts up a lot of points. He's going to make sure his team knows that losing isn't okay, and he's going to try everything he can do, offensive coach, to get a win. So lots of points in the Washington game, lots of points in the Lions game is what I expect next week. All right, thanks a lot, Mackenzie. Very good. And by the way, just so folks know, uh, a lot of times one of the reasons I think the preseason offers such wonderful opportunities is Andy Reid is already on record. He plays his starters the entire first quarter pretty much. I loved the Chiefs today in the first half. I got off them. They got on the first half, but the Bears come back and win the game. So it's all about information, information, information. Speaking of information coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. And, man, we got a breaking news on the other side of the pond about a historic team and an embarrassing event. But first, 45 yards let's go to Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, Bernie, Dodgers won their Major League Best 79th game after trouncing Kansas City 13-3 on Saturday. Mookie Betts' his 26th home run of the season, his team high 26th home run of the season for the Dodgers, one of six in total on the night for the team as they won their 12th consecutive game. The Yankees got back in the win column with a 3-2 win in Boston. Jacob deGrom struck out 10 in six innings of work to lead the Mets to a 1-0 victory over the Phillies. Pete Alonso picking up the lone RBI in that game. His uh, National League leading 97th RBI at that. And Edwin Diaz getting the 200th career save of his career. Matt Olson hitting two home runs for the Braves, sweeping a doubleheader of the Marlins, defending champs five and, a half, five and a half games behind the Mets for the best record in the National League East. Taylor Ward, a walk-off home run to lead the Angels over the Twins, 5-3 in extras. Trey Mancini, three hits with the, four, with the Houston Astros, leading the them to a victory over Oakland. Wins for the Blue Jays, Diamondbacks, and the Nationals. Preseason action in the NFL. Justin Fields of the Bears, 4-7 passing for 48 yards. He was sacked three times in their victory over the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes played just one series, but was 6-7 of passing to six different receivers, 60 yards, and one touchdown pass in his one series of work. Back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, Kevin. Appreciate it, buddy. Enjoyed having you again tonight. Always a pleasure, Bernie. All right, this time every week, there's never a shortage of news in the world of soccer. And this week is no different. I mean, there I've already sampled 
the headlines for the newspapers across the pond because we had a stunning result on the pitch. And one Premier League team, a very historic team, is in big trouble. Chris Perfett will explain. It's time for Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. El chicharito, chicharito, chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. Bernie, I was not expecting to once again open the world of soccer talking about the Red Devils of Manchester United, but it is the story that has lit up the entire sporting world at this point. As we saw the second week of the Premier League in action, there are only two clubs now in the Premier League that have played two matches and have zero points between them. One of them is Everton. The other is Manchester United. Yes, that Manchester United. As they get thrashed by Brentford. Who? Brentford. Yes, Brentford 4-0. And now, this is kind of reminiscent of last year when Arsenal got thrashed by the newly promoted Brentford, but not to this degree. Not to this degree. Manchester United, their first week, they they lost 2-1 to Brighton, Hove, and Albion. And now they are scoreless after two games. This would be like if, I don't know, the, the, the Green Bay Packers or the Patriots when they still had Tom Brady coming out just looking absolutely flat against, I don't know, like NFC East teams to start the year unbelievable that they've lost to two these the sides that Manchester United have lost to are not contenders and they have lost bad and the Brentford loss might be one of their worst ones there's some historic numbers to this Bernie it's this is the first time they've been held score um, pointless in their first two matches since I believe the early 1980s I think 1982 it's the first time United has conceded four goals in a first half by yes they they gave up all those four goals in the first half Oh, it's the first time they've conceded four goals in the first half away from home in their Premier League history. And it's the first time Brentford's got a win over United since 1938. It's bad. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I looked at the newspapers and words like embarrassing. And by the way, Chris, we might have buried the lead. They've only played two games and lost them both, right? They have. Yes. No. So their first first week, they opened with Brighton, Hove, and Albion. And they lost 2-1. And now Brentford, they have given up four goals and a half. And their manager, Eric Ten Hag, who is brand new this year, furious as can all get out. The reports from the mirror that that Ten Hag and his advisor are furious to how he's been let down in the transfer market. They haven't been able to move Cristiano Ronaldo. They've been stimmied in their efforts to get Frankie Jong. More on him in a second because that's going to involve our second story in World of Soccer. And now this, I, I saw a quote from him. I believe that he wanted like to sub out all starting eleven at the half if he could, if he would have been allowed to. It's just that bad right now. It, there's no message that's really been sent. This is a club that had so much aspirations just a year ago that is looking at the bad side of things. Now it's an early season; they can still turn things around. But embarrassments like this, Bernie, do not fade very easily, especially in the Premier League. It's it's staggering the kind of damage that's been done. Again, if we're going back to the NFL, this would be like if, you know, again, the Packers started the year and they just, like, the Seahawks put up 40 points and a half on them. Yeah, I, I think the, the analogy, and again, this is just my only, my personal opinion, it feels like uh, if, if so, so the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, and they were impressive, I thought. Uh, 
it'd be like if they came out and didn't win a game in the month of September. Went 0-4, right? I think, it, I mean, jaws would be dropping. And when you consider, like you said, the history of the Premier League back to 1938, things of this nature, and you hear words like embarrassing. And one of the players that was quoted, or is it the coach, David Legay or something like that? No, Le, uh, Legay is, um, hold on. I'm trying to remember Legay. Ten Hag is the is the manager. Uh, Degay is the goalkeeper. He's the goalkeeper. Okay, thank he's you. the one who thank gave you. up four goals. He he was very he was very honest and open because you know you can't BS those folks over there. In in today's paper, it's what's called the Manchester Evening News. I was actually reading about this uh, before the show on how Man U's played two games this season. They've lost them both, which means they're not only are zero two, but they're at the bottom of the of the league. And David DeGay basically said, we don't know how we're going to improve. I mean, a 4 nothing defeat. So that would also be like the Rams losing, you know, 48 to nothing yeah. to what? The Jacksonville Jaguars. And they gave all those points up in the first half, too. Yeah, it's not only that they gave up four goals in the first half, but then they came out looking just utterly lost in the second half. Usually in the second half, you can get in there, you know, get a good speech in and at least get a goal back as defenses ease it up. This There was nothing like this. Renford just kept them out of their their own half, like, it, they, it's it's bad. It's really bad, and there's no good performances anywhere from their lineup. Like, DeGay gave up four goals, and he even said, like, yeah, I should have had the first one, but it's just a horrible day. And, like, the rest of their players is just nothing really doing on offense. This is not a good start for United. United so, has Chris, to have much better aspirations. Correct the record for me. Which is considered the more prestigious team, Man U or Man City? Man U, uh, historically Man U. So. Yeah, Manchester City I- was kind of a nobody until a bunch of money came in and they bought a lot of players and they've kind of pulled their way recently. But Manchester United, that's the history. So, and that's what I thought. Here's why I referenced that and I wanted your clarification. Because Man U's coming off their worst season in, what, 20 years. And so they open up this season with a 4 nothing defeat, giving up all the goals in the first half, like you said. And the, the way the game is being described is that they were out bar- embarrassed, they were outfought, they were outplayed. There is no good way to spin this. So the question becomes, if this continues, what happens to Man U? I, I don't know. Probably Eric Ten Hag's uh, tenure as manager is over very quickly. And this is a man who left Ajax, one of the more storied clubs, uh, the storied club in for the Dutch side, and just came to Manchester United with the goal of fixing them, and it hasn't happened. He hasn't gotten his guys he wanted in the transfer window. He got nothing. He did not get Frankie de Jong. He did not move Cristiano Ronaldo. And he's trotting out this this club right now, this starting 11, that just does not look like they really care to play football out there. So and a week ago, Chris, we talked about them losing to Brighton. Then they lose to Brentford, smoked. So a week from tomorrow... They get to right the ship against Liverpool. What do you expect in that that's game? That's Liverpool. a road game. That's, the, that's one of the best clubs in the Premier League. And, it, and it's at Liverpool. <laughs> I, I don't accept. I don't see the ship getting righted anytime soon. We'd be talking about them going into September with no points. That's how bad this is right now. I, I did want to get in one story if we have a little bit of time here. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. So I, I mentioned Frankie de Jong, and that ties in that Man U might be superseded by their rivals, Chelsea. Uh who want to get land the 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 strike the the man from from Barcelona who by the way the the economics we have to talk about the economics of Barcelona sometime it's very weird but the reason i bring up chelsea is because this this is a world cup year as you say and this is probably one of the more interesting stories to keep your eye on the athletic reported this week that 
Chelsea might be moving the American wing winger uh, Christian Pulisic, who's been on their club for a while. And there's a lot of reasons that this is really interesting. Number one, Pulisic with... Chelsea required Raheem Sterling from Manchester City this transfer window. Pulisic isn't really getting into the starting 11 anymore. And as this is a World Cup year, if you are going to be the star, and Pulisic is the star for United States men's team, he needs playing minutes. He needs starting minutes to get ready for the World Cup. If he is not starting, then there's no reason for him to keep playing for Chelsea. And the Athletic is kind of tying him to rumors that that they might, that Newcastle United, kind of the one of the more Johnny come lately is the Premier League might be interested in him. I don't know if Chelsea really move him. They're still active, I feel like. One of the things that makes the drama a little spicy is that the current boss of Chelsea, Tuchel, uh, he actually worked with Pulisic in in Borussia Dortmund, Thomas Tuchel. They they had history from the Bundesliga side, uh, Borussia Dortmund. And, report, and there's been rumors that a lot of the reason why Pulisic isn't making it into the starting 11 is Tuchel just doesn't trust him. He doesn't trust his play. He doesn't like his style, whatever it is. So keep an eye on the on Pulisic. This is kind of, Pulisic has kind of become Captain America. But if he's not getting starting minutes in the Premier League, then that's going to hamper his performance going into the World Cup. And I, I think if that's true, then it would behoove everyone that he finds a new club as soon as he can while the transfer window is still open. But we'll see. I don't know if he's going to get minutes. Chelsea's playing a very big match coming up here on Sunday against uh, Tottenham Hotspur, one of the one of the uh, London derbies. Very, very eager to keep my eye on that game as we get into the, the second half of the second week end of Premier League play. All right, good stuff. Uh, I will say this. Uh, Man U, a uh, historic club. There are 20 in the Premier League. Man U is in 20th place. Not a good look. They'll have upcoming games against Man City and Arsenal. They lost to Brentford, who looks like they might be an upstart. Those are all like take... the best clubs in the, in the league, too. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so bad. it's it, no, no rest for the wicked. As my friend once told me about the Premier League, it's not a matter of life and death. It's much more serious than that. All right. Good stuff, Chris. Uh, Next week, we'll have more on the world of soccer as we are only 99 days away from U.S. versus England. Can't wait. The day after Thanksgiving, this is a World Cup year. It is upon us. Coming up, I want to share my immense disappointment with Fernando Tatis all the way around, not just with the news that was released, you know, Friday, But let's go back several months, and there's a timeline. Fernando Tatis has a body of work. He should be very ashamed of himself, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic about that. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Now we're back on Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sunday Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Chris Perfett, Brandon Trufa, and Kevin Figures on the updates. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night. Appreciate all the teamwork and the efforts. What kind of brand new fool, as well as what my name could not do the show Without you guys keeping all the, uh, keeping us glued together, turning all the dials, keeping us on the air. All right. Good job, guys. All right. Fernando Tatis, I'm about to light up. Uh, I understand that, you know, he had this ringworm thing and he was treating it with, I don't know what the hell is it called, cholesterol or chlamydia or whatever you call it. Any way you slice it, it doesn't pass the smell test. This is what really bothers me about Fernando Tatis. Uh, the dude's got a body of work now all right let's have fun with numbers the first number is 340 340 signifies the contract that fernando tatis agreed to with the padres back on february 17th 2021 tatis got a 14-year 340 million dollar contract and uh, yes it was the largest contract ever awarded to a player that wasn't even yet eligible for arbitration And at the time, the third richest deal in Major League Baseball history. The deal also, by the way, has a no-trade clause uh, for the next five years if you're scoring at home, and I hope you are. A month later, Fernando Tatis leaves a spring training game with a left shoulder injury after reaching across his body to field a ground ball. Boy, that should really inspire confidence. The shoulder pops out of its socket the second time it happened that month. It also happened on a play at the plate two weeks earlier. So right out of the gate, this contract is looking iffy. April 5th, Fernando Tatis crumples to the ground. He's helped off the field. He's got a dislocated shoulder. It was revealed he had a partially torn labrum and the belief he would eventually need surgery. Let's fast forward to last fall. December 8th, Tatis is reported to have been in a motorcycle accident that multiple people said was minor. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't even tell the Padres until March. On March 14th, on the first day of spring training, the team announces he has a pre-camp physical, and he's got a fractured scaphoid bone in his wrist. He's expected to miss three months following surgery. He has the surgery. Just this last week, Tatis is taking batting practice at Dodger Stadium. He's getting ready to rejoin the team for the stretch run. And now here's the new word we'll have. The new number we'll have fun with numbers with. 283. Fernando Tatis was suspended 80 games, right, for for this <laughs> clostobol or cholesterol or chlamydia or whatever the hell it is. 
He won't be back eligible till May of next year. He's going to miss 283 games in four years when he comes back. Listen, there is no excuse with the access you have to the finest medical care, the fact that you can consult with doctors, you're trying to tell, you know, it feels like you're making up stories. The motorcycle accident, the shoulder situation, and now this. I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned the Padres might have themselves a lemon. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic on that. Yeah, I know he hit 42 home runs last year. I know he's a star. I get it. But what good are you if you're on the sidelines? You really let your team down. Don't act like you didn't. They know it. The whole locker room knows it. Listen, when Juan Soto joined the team, their World Series odds went down to 8-1 to one when uh, – Tatis is, was announced he will be gone for 80 games. They're back to 20 to 1. That's how important he is to this team. Fernando Tatis, I'm ashamed of you. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of Fox Sports Radio. Good night. I'm Bernie Fratto. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.